At the root of all power and motion, there is music and rhythm. The play of pattern frequencies against the matrix of time. We know that every particle in the physical universe takes its characteristics from the pitch and pattern and overtones of its particular frequencies. Before we make music, music makes us. Hey there guys and welcome to another soul-searching session from Hingori Sutras. The quote you just heard is by Hakim Ernst Berendt and is just a little teaser about today's subject, mantras and the potency of sound. Several years ago, Prevention magazine conducted a survey in which it asked its readers what they did in order to relieve tension and stress. 82% of the respondents said that listening to music brought them significant relief, indicating that music had the power to uplift their mood. Now, this probably isn't a shocking revelation to a lot of you. Most of us listen to music in the car to relax on long drives, to de-stress after work, or in the gym to really get you in the zone for that intense workout. Studies have shown that depending on the type of music a restaurant chooses to play, guests are either more likely to sit for longer or more likely to finish their meals and leave more quickly. When you really stop to think about it, music or rather auditory stimulus, plays a huge role in contributing to our mental state. But what about the reverse? Is it possible for our mental intent, our thoughts, our words, to actually impact and shape the physical world around us? Interestingly enough, there is some scientific evidence to say that it is possible. In 1999, Japanese scientist Masaru Emoto released his first publication, messages from water. For nearly 20 years until his death in 2014, Emoto conducted an interesting experiment on the effect that sound vibrations had on water. Emoto's experiments were centered around the hypothesis that our thoughts and our intentions impact the physical realm. His experiments consisted of exposing water in glasses to different words, pictures or music and then freezing the water to examine the aesthetic properties of the resulting water crystals. Emoto observed that when water was exposed to positive speech, thoughts or sound, in the case of sound, he exposed it to music from Bach and Mozart, or even to Buddhist chanting, the water in this set of experiments would take on the form of aesthetically pleasing and beautiful crystals. However, when exposed to negative intentions, when exposed to words like pain or anger or jealousy, the crystals would take on ugly formations. Emoto concluded that, since sound is nothing but vibration, positive vibrations have healing energy. But Dr. Emoto is one in a long line of scientists who have experimented with the effects of sound and vibrations on the physical environment. In 1962, Dr. T.C. Singh the head of the botany department at an Indian university, conducted several experiments on the response of plants to various musical sounds. His experiments included exposing the plants to both Indian and Western classical music. He found that the growth in certain plants accelerated when exposed to music. Through several experiments, he in fact concluded that the sound of the violin has the greatest accelerating effect on plant growth. He went on to experiment with the effect of vibrations on plants. Vibrations in this case were caused by barefoot Bharatanatyam dancing. It's a classical Indian dance form that involves a lot of ground stomping. 
he discovered that several flowering plants flowered two weeks earlier than usual when exposed to Bharatanatyam. Sir Jagdish Chandra Bose, a famous Indian plant physiologist and physicist, spent decades researching the various environmental responses of plants. Through his studies, he concluded that they react to the attitude in which they are nurtured. He also found that plants are sensitive to factors in the external environment, including noise. From his research, he hypothesized that plants could both feel pain and understand affection. There is also a story of Chinese farmers in the Fujian province who increased their crop yield and grain size by placing speakers playing Buddhist chants in their fields. So, I guess this begs the question, how does all of this relate to mantras? Well, the knowledge of sound affecting matter is not new. From the ancient Vedic teachings to the modern day Buddhist monks, chanting has been part of spiritual practices for thousands of years and continues to this day and age. The philosophy behind the chants are the same as Dr. Emoto's experiments or as probably the same as any of the other scientists or even the, the Chinese farmers mentioned earlier. And that philosophy is to manifest positive vibrations to impact the physical realm. The recitation of hymns, psalms, cantillations can arguably be also considered as similar practices across various systems of spiritual beliefs. So the question that now begs the answer is how do mantras work? Well, according to quantum physics, whether audible or not, everything has a sound, or rather a distinct, unique vibration. This sound is called resonance, and the particular frequency at which an object naturally vibrates is that object's resonance. Sanskrit, the ancient language in which most Vedic mantras are composed, is often described as a vibrational language. The ancient rishis and sages were brilliant spiritualists but also brilliant scientists and they devised various mantras to vibrate at particular frequencies. Each mantra is composed to have a distinct effect. When you chant a mantra, you send vibrations into the universe and that creates a powerful ripple effect. The ancients believed mantra recitation has the power to help you tune in to the universal sound that began creation and that is still vibrating, the anahat. They also believed that numerous repetitions of a mantra led to that mantra's particular vibration becoming amplified in your individual resonance and as a result becoming a part of your physical and mental environment even though you cannot see it. Today, the power of chanting is something that is discussed in both Western and Eastern philosophies and is the subject of scientific studies across the world. According to American author Jonathan Goldman, who wrote The Seven Secrets of Sound Healing, chanting mantras causes the left and right hemispheres of the brain to synchronize. They also help oxygenate the brain, reduce heart rate, reduce blood pressure, and assist in creating calm brainwave activity. Mantras have the power to rearrange your molecular structure and adjust your experience through the subtle vibrations that the chanting causes in your being. This realignment allows you to experience the benefits of the vibration. The more focused you are in chanting a mantra, the greater will its impact be on your consciousness. Now if this is true, if 
chanting a positive or reciting a positive vibration has the ability to positively impact your consciousness, then would the opposite not be equally true? Sure enough, it is not only mantra chanting that impacts your being. All vibration does. When you negatively think, you create subtle vibrations with the negative thought. The longer you think negatively, the more damaging it is for your mind and body. Genetic studies have shown that the stress that results from negative thoughts can actually lead to the unraveling of your telomeres or your genetic code. And prolonged periods of such stress can not only have an adverse effect on one's health, but also one's life expectancy. Every part of our anatomy has its own resonance. And simply put, a part of the body vibrating at a lower resonance than its natural resonance leads to physical ailments and mental maladies. Modern science is now turning to vibrational healing, which involves returning the affected areas to their natural resonance through vibration techniques. Many in the scientific community believe that sound therapy and vibrational healing is at the cutting edge of healing and treatment. With every passing day, there is more and more scientific data to corroborate what the ancient sages had a deep understanding of. The power of sound vibration. Words and thoughts, whether spoken or unspoken, are potent tools, would you not agree? Allow me to suggest a small personal experiment before you respond to that question. Start to closely observe the things you say and think of yourself. Spare a moment to analyze and assess how these words and thoughts, especially the negative ones, impact you. Then try to make a conscious effort to change the negative patterns into positive ones. And analyze and assess if these new positive patterns have a more positive impact on you. Yes, I agree that it's easier said than done, and you may face failure on the first few tries, but try it anyway. Let go of habits and patterns, of behaviors that impede you and impede your growth, and harness the power of sound to transform your life. To end this podcast, I would like to leave you with a quote from an American author by the name of George Burr Leonard. In his book, Silent Pulse, he writes, At the heart of each of us, whatever our imperfections, there exists a silent pulse of perfect rhythm made up of waveforms and resonances which is absolutely individual and unique and yet which connects us to everything in the universe. Thanks again, guys, for listening. And be sure, if you like this podcast, be sure to like, comment, uh, subscribe to Hingori Sutras. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can even find us on our website, www.hingorisutras.com. Wish you guys a good day or a good night, depending on which part of the world you're listening to this in. And see you again soon with another soul-searching blog from Hingori Sutras.